I'm Allegra Levy, and you're listening to the Scout Archives, the place where I have the pleasure of introducing you to some of the most influential young people I know. For more information on today's interview, head to www.thescoutarchives.com. There you can find photo shoots with our guests, pieces of work they've shared with us, and many other surprises. See you there. There is really no way to walk around Lower Manhattan with Ray Iman without at least three people stopping to say hello. And Ray treats everyone as equal. They greet everyone in a loving way, no matter if they saw the person four years ago or four hours ago. Despite being the child of quite possibly the largest personality in sports history, Ray is a calm force, exuding strength in their own way, through sensitivity, love, self-expression, and authenticity in all that they do. It is no wonder that the communities of friends and artists Ray has assembled will follow them anywhere. I have seen Ray through ups and downs, but I continue to watch in awe as they turn negative to positive and never fail to stay true to themselves. Their maturity and intelligence is just the tip of the iceberg. Ray has one of the most romantic outlooks on life and love of anyone I have ever met in their early 20s, despite experiencing all that they have that may have turned them cynical. It is quite beautiful to roam the scary world as a young artist and then return home to Ray, who reminds us all of why we are really here and what is truly important. Whether it is during a trip to witchcraft store enchantments to buy a candle or on a film set, Ray strives to bring their full self to every person and every experience, and it is infectious. So listen in to find out why Ray still believes love and artistic expression can solve all of our most difficult problems. Do you want to tell everyone where we are? Yeah, we're at the New Museum, and it's their their triennial exhibit is going on, um, and it's called Songs for Sabotage, and it's basically a lot of emerging artists, so everyone's really young, and everyone's from various countries and of various backgrounds and races and genders, and it's incredible. It's it's like the entire building um yeah and all the art is really beautiful so it's my favorite place right now great um so i have a lot to ask you (laughs) was it always film that you wanted to pursue or no i wanted to i did theater in high school you did yeah i (laughs) I don't tell anyone that (laughs) no i did theater like all through middle school and high school and i wanted to Come here for theater. And Stop. No, I'm serious. No, yeah, dude, I was Hamlet. <laughs> and, um, and then my mom told me this story about how so my mom's a doctor, and there are a lot of things that obviously the doctors know how to do that the nurses can't, but there are things that you need a nurse for before you can go into a room and like work on a patient. And there are things that the doctors just don't know how to do that the nurses have to do. And my mom would always talk about how, um, you know, nurses would be everywhere working on other patients, like preparing them for the doctors to come. And it would be an emergency. She worked in, like, um, the emergency uh, room for, like, kids. And she would always wish, like, to rush things that she knew, what the nurses knew, because Mm -hmm. she would just be staring at these kids who needed help. And she couldn't help them until someone came. Um, And so she kind of explained that to me, and I didn't know where she was going with that. And then she was like, you, like, want to act or whatever, but you should probably know, like, the other side of things um, so that you can, like, understand everything that you're doing and never feel like there's something that you need someone else to do, Mm -hmm. you know? And I didn't really think that you could take, like, I never thought that people, it it just never occurred to me, like, people, I know people go to school, obviously, for, like, directing and film, um, and writing for film, but I just, like, never thought about taking a class that wasn't, like, film at my high school. Right. But she found one, and I took it, and I loved it, and I liked being in control. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I think 
it was best that I wanted to be an actor, like at some point, because I love actors and I love like working with them, and it's my favorite thing. Besides, it's just like my favorite because I meet a lot of people who want to be directors and they want to write, but like they hate working with people, mm-hmm. and it's so bizarre. But so yeah. Was there like a film that you? saw and you were like oh wow like I want to emulate that person's directing or visuals yeah if there was a film that I wish I had made mm-hmm. um Beast of the Southern Wild is oh right yeah no yeah I, I think forgot you know that, that you love that movie it's my favorite movie ever in the world it like I think taught me yeah, I think I knew what it meant when you love someone, when you say you love someone, but I think it taught me what love looked like besides besides conventional love, mm-hmm. you know? Like, tough love and sacrifice. Like, I think it taught me about that mm-hmm. um, and made me accept the ways that people love in their own ways more and I think I don't know it's just like so much about it It just has always stuck with me I have a tattoo it's a whole thing (laughs) wow okay um music has always been a large part of your life Mm -hmm. and I feel like I always hear about new artists from you Mm -hmm. and I just want to know who right now I guess how has music documented your life thus far and how do you feel about like the new artists of color that are getting recognition Mm -hmm. right now there's like a you know a big wave of this that's like obviously well deserved yeah but how do you feel about that and who do you love right now in music um, it's interesting. Do you want to move? Sure. Cool. It's interesting because I'm much more of a visual person, like, when I write, mm-hmm. for example. Um, and so there's never, like, a whole lot of dialogue. I'd much rather, like, see what's happening. And for some reason... Listening to music is a super visual experience mm-hmm. for me. Like, I immediately, if the song is good, if I connect to it in any way, I like seeing what's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. There have been times where I've listened to something and I've had an entire idea for something I would want to do someday. And, like, that was just kind of the soundtrack for it or something like that. Sure. Like, I don't know. It's always been a visual experience. So it's always, like, there are musicians who are more inspiring to me than other filmmakers, like, of course, like Frank Ocean, which, right. you know, he's just like him as a writer. I feel like the way he writes, he could probably write a screenplay, just how visual his music is. Right. You know? Um, but yeah. Um, what was the other part of that question? Um, who, do you, who do you like right now? Okay. I like... So, right now, um, who do I like? There's this album my friend showed me. It's called A Romanticism, and Mm -hmm. it's by this artist. It's his first album. His name is Moses Sumney, um, and it's a whole concept album about love and the absence of it. It's really beautiful. Um, Who else do I like? This person named Lawrence Rothman. I heard them. They're like this genderqueer, just weirdo who has like nine identities and like does drag as these nine identities. Has the deepest, most pure voice and I heard them on my friend's like Spotify weekly situation and then just listened to their entire album. It's incredible. Um, And then also this is so silly but I never had like a proper like classic rock education. Mm -hmm. Um... And so I'm randomly listening to like a lot of rock music. But most of Sunny and Lawrence Rothman are like life changing right now. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, you always attend the Friday night poetry slam at New York and Poets Cafe. Uh-huh. And you consider that to be like your church. That's church, yeah. Um, 
why and what was your religious life like growing up and how has this kind of shifted so that mm. the New York New Yorkian Poets Cafe is now this like holy place for you? Um, so I went to Catholic school my entire life, mm-hmm. which was in some ways, definitely I wouldn't take it back because I think so much of my the way my anger is like a driving force to make good things happen and the way I question things and the way I accept people is because of all of the trauma that I experienced in Catholic schools. But at the same time, I think that if it did teach me anything, it was like generosity, charity or whatever. But for the most part, it was just awful and I couldn't wait to get out but I think that's such an important feeling like I always say I don't know what like I don't know what I would do if I didn't have that experience that experience of like needing to get the fuck out of where I was you know um and yeah but now I'm like I don't know, I went through a thing where I tried to be super religious and then I tried to try other religions and it was like one a month until <laughs> I found the one that fit and I'm just super atheist and I don't believe in anything <laughs> except for like people trying their best and expressing themselves and I don't know, sometimes when I think really shitty things happen ways I'm just kind of frantically asking people like what can we do like what can we do like fix this and change this and sometimes um, I have a friend named Nazareth who always says like you're an artist like sometimes we can only that's the only thing we can do you know just kind of like express ourselves and say certain things like with with art that's what we can do and so I really love going and hearing people talk about things that are going on in the world in such beautiful and like moving and sometimes painful ways and like bearing their souls in front of so many people and getting judged knowing that they're gonna get judged you know but it's always love I don't know I think it's like a perfect model of the world yeah so I love it and I never found that in church do you ever perform there no I'm not a poet I'm not a poet but I love it I love it I wish um, okay, I don't know if you read this whole thing, mm-hmm. but I was going to discuss with you mental health stuff. Yeah, that's fine. Is that okay? Yeah, everything's fine. Okay. Um, you've discussed your mental, health, your mental health, health with me, and you've taught me a lot about self-care in the face of mental illness or anything like that. Um, how has your mental health influenced your artwork, and how do you feel about like the stories that are being told about mental illness right now? Mm-hmm. What do you have to say in your work about that? Okay. Um, it's interesting because I, I had a pretty bad sort of breakdown like a year ago from now, like right now. Um, and before the spring, like the, just the winter before, the semester before, um, I was working on my intermediate film, um, which is just our junior year final. And... I was so in it, and I was so proud of it, and it was like the best thing I've ever written, and I'm still, you know, I'm still proud of it, and then I had this whole breakdown, and I had to put it to the side. I couldn't do anything, you know? I could I could only be manic, like, just super, just like undiagnosed bipolar, losing my shit, um, and so I didn't touch it for so long, and it kind of going through that, and recovering from that year, I'm just a whole different person. And I feel like even if and like none of that had happened, I would have been a different person. And so it's so interesting to kind of stand back and like look at that now and look at other stuff that I've done and be able to know what I would have done differently just based on those experiences. You know, there's like so much more now that I can understand about myself so I feel like there's so much I can understand about other people and therefore there's so much I can understand about just like people in general that are not even real, mm-hmm. you know? And 
and I feel like I see myself as a more complex person now and I accept myself as that and yeah I kind of I feel like I'm seeing that like when I write and stuff yeah but in terms of definitely think that there, I mean, I know there are, like, written characters who experience mental illness. I've just, like, never seen anything that I've experienced, which is, which actually I, I would think would help, <laughs> I think, people, especially people that I know that are in my life and that I love, understand, like, how hard it is still to do little things, and I don't know. Just, I, I feel like sometimes you just don't understand until it's in front of you and it's yet somehow detached from you just how sometimes you can talk to a stranger about what you're going through better than someone you're close to Hmm. that makes any sense it does make sense um on another note you love astrology i do um when did you get into astrology and how has this been such a force for you? Oh my god, it's everything to me. I, this is another part of my religion. Um, <laughs> I met my best friend Pax and another best friend Mare sophomore year. Um, Mare and I just became close sophomore year. We met in film, and Pax was my surprise roommate. That was like the best situation ever. And they were both really into astrology. And like I knew my sign, but I didn't know that there were all these planets and like everyone had like it was so complex you know and I feel like a lot of people don't believe in it in astrology because they don't know that there's so much to it that it's not just you know everyone who is an Aries is the same like obviously you know but I, I don't know I think on one hand it's really helped me with any type of social anxiety I've ever had I can talk to anyone as long as I'm allowing them to talk about themselves like even people who are insecure want to talk about themselves they just don't realize it and I don't know I don't know I feel like just because I it's fun to believe in something you know and it's fun to believe in something where at least I personally don't judge people by that thing right you know um yeah yeah, I love it. Would you ever, like, if you're writing characters, do you ever think yeah. this person's an Aries? No, I write, I make a Pisces. full birth chart for each for character. Everyone that I write. That's wild. Yeah, everyone. So that I understand, I feel like that way I would know what kind of decision that someone has to make. I told, yeah. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> but that makes sense. That makes total sense. Um, hmm. You've always, um, I feel like you've always inspired other people to like embrace their bodies and display them however they so choose. Um, when did you exude this confidence in yourself and um, how has being naked changed from setting to setting? Because, mm. you know, I feel like a lot of people yeah. have seen photos of you yeah. in the nude. Yes. And so like when you're intimate with someone or... yeah. Even when you're clothed, how is that different now? Okay. Um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so first part is I have always, like, all of my life, my weight has fluctuated between being, like, 130 pounds to 230 pounds, like, up and down my entire life, which is just so incredibly, like just wild like partially unhealthy partially it's a whole bunch of things and I just think that having unrealistic goals for myself and it's not like I've totally accepted every single part of my body like there are some things I wish I could change and if I could lose a little weight that's great like if I could be a little stronger do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but 
but at the same time I realized that I've never I've never looked at someone I, I don't think it was until I got here because I've never had someone I've never had the people around me to make me feel like this but I came here and I feel like I met my people and people who've made me feel good and mm-hmm. I realized that I've never looked at another person and thought that never looked at another person was like wow they're just not beautiful like and wow like they really like shouldn't wear that because their body and I just I feel like if someone else thought that about me it wouldn't even really matter because I wouldn't want them around around and and the being naked thing um yeah I'm naked everywhere I think it's, it's interesting because it's tied to a lot of things. I'm more comfortable, honestly, nude. Like, once we know each other, like, once we've hung out, like, maybe eight times, you'll probably, like, if you're over, I'll be naked. Like, I'm more <laughs> comfortable nude than I am in clothes. Like, I'm so self-conscious of when, like, I feel like I'm constricted and you can see my body in that way and you yes. can see that I'm uncomfortable that like it, do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like but if I am in control of what you're seeing and and like it's me who posted a picture and like obviously I got this person to take a picture of me I took my clothes off like I never took the picture down like I wanted it there I don't know it's a control thing I like having the power over it um yeah, but I think, I think, for that reason, there's also some, I realized recently that there's, like, some gender stuff tied into it, because, like, you know this, but, like, I identify as non-binary, and I have, like, some issues, like, with people constantly, and I fear always assuming for the rest of my life that I identify as a woman, and I'll always be, like, mammed and like things like that like no matter what mm-hmm. and so when I'm in public like I want to wear a binder I you know wish I looked more masculine because I want people to know how I feel to myself right I want to project a certain way but when I'm alone I know how I feel I know who I am so I don't mind like having boobs I don't mind like having a curvy larger body because I know who I am and I've never been embarrassed or anything, at least in the last, like, four years, like, having sex with someone, because, I don't know, I couldn't imagine ever, like, looking at someone and being like, "Mm, put your clothes back on, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if that ever happened, wow, devastating, but, again, like, I, that person, I would never see that person again. I don't know, I have so many thoughts about it, but I just feel like... That's literally what I'm most comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know? Damn. I wish I could be like that. <laughs> um, this actually segues perfectly into my next question about nude nudes. Oh, <laughs> um, okay, so for those of you who don't know, um, Ray started an Instagram account called Mood Nudes where you would take pictures that your peers or anyone that you knew would send to you. Mm-hmm. So... You were allowed to post these things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and they were just naked pictures of people. But you had a method to the madness. It wasn't just, like, right. naked pics of people. Right, right, right. It was... Usually people would, like... It started out as a joke, and I I think I had something funny on, but was also naked for the most part. I maybe had something on my head. And I was, like, the mood of this nude is and had something to do with what I was wearing. And then over time, as people were sending me pictures, they would also kind of tell me, like, what was going on in their life. And it turned into me kind of along with posting that picture of them just describing with one word, like, what the mood of that picture was. And... It's so interesting because I still, my friend did a project, uh, like wrote a final paper in a class about mood nudes and it was, the class was called Queer Utopias and she wrote about how mood nudes was kind of like a queer utopia Mm. because at one point 200 people followed it and the pictures never went anywhere else. And we had very 
like straight cis dude friends of mine who were on the account and my friend James was like yeah I would scroll through the account and see girls I knew that were just completely naked that I would then see clothed in real life and I would just would never like it would just be this normal thing like it wasn't this it was this very detached in a way that like I guess in a respectful way yeah yeah just like a very detached like oh this is just a picture that this person posted that they wanted on the internet and I'm just looking at it and it's there and it has nothing to do with me and it's like right you know it just became this like weird community that every time it was taken down my Instagram it was a sad thing like we mourned it it was sad right um you once described it to me as it's the pictures that you keep for yourself and you don't send to anyone else. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah. So for a while, yeah, in the beginning, people were like, I don't have anyone to send these to, so I'll send them to you. And then I would post them and immediately people would be like, wow, you're beautiful. And like, it was immediate love. And it's sort of like what I was saying at, about, um, like, the New York weekend. Just, like, immediate love just like a picture perfect just like vision of the world like people being able to like do what they want and be themselves and just be loving Mm -hmm. and not you know what I mean yeah it was like a nice community yeah I was very sad when it yeah it was really sad um mm. oh I can also ask you this um what do you feel about I guess, uh, what do you think about the idea of censoring on social media then? The oh, person it's, that it's, reported it. What do you have to say to that? Well, now Instagram is literally, like, after me. I cannot make another account no matter what it is at all. Not like they with know, a different email? No, not even with a different email. They know it's who like you they are. Know, yeah, it's like they know when I'm trying to make an account. They block me from doing it. They take down every single, every single attempt. Like, when they took down the, the Instagram account, I tried to get the pictures back. I had posted, I think, 500 nude pictures of friends, of people that we know, and right. they wouldn't give them back. Like, what are they doing with naked pictures of people we know? Oh That's God. bizarre. And, yeah, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it for so many reasons. Like, nipples, like, why can you have dude nipples on Instagram? Oh, and, like, do you, like, I don't know. It's dumb. It's dumb. Hmm. Should we keep Ruined a good thing. Um, you once told me that you're very critical when it comes to sharing your work or seeing your work. Yeah. Um, and has that changed over the years or as you're leaving college, do you think that that will change for you? I think that a large part of that had to do with the last, like, until, up until this past year, for two years, like, before this past year, I just wasn't sure if I loved film anymore, Mm -hmm. and it was kind of sad, um, because it was, like, I don't know, it was, like, a dream to be here, and it's a lot of people's dream to, to be here, and I'm not one of those people who are, like, ugh, I hate it here, why am I even at you know what I mean? It costs a lot of money to be here and yeah. like privilege to be here. But but I just didn't know if I loved it anymore. Didn't know if it was like smart of me to have majored in something that I was passionate about. Um, and I just like didn't have any like sparks or bursts of like energy or creativity and and so then immediately everything I did I basically hated because I didn't know if I had done it because I loved it or wanted to do it or because it was, like, an assignment, basically. I didn't do anything that was outside of, like, that world. And then recently, I, I got that, like, burst of energy back, which has been wild because now I can't, like, stop. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, like, turn it off. And which makes me so much less worried about like graduating and being you know mm-hmm. um, the film that you're working on right now mm-hmm. the identity one mm-hmm. is that still what you're doing which which thing I guess it's like your senior project 
was a film about like identity. Was it the tattoo thing? I don't know. Am I totally making this up? No, maybe you're not, but what to do at the end of the semester? <laughs> um, I thought that you were working on this film that you were like, I am not going to really show it to anyone until it's like done, done, done. Um, oh, no, I'm not doing like, that anymore. Oh, what are you doing yeah, yeah. now? Um, so I didn't end up doing like a, a senior thesis because I didn't want to have to rush writing something that I really wanted to do. Right. But I'm literally working on five different things. Great. But... I think, remember our conversation about love? Yes, of course I do. I think that I'm gonna do something, something about that. I don't know what, but as far as what I'm gonna do first, my head is just everywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm honestly like, wait, you have to come see this room. Okay. about what you were telling me about the different kinds of love? Um, we could, okay. Um, yeah, I was talking about someone told me, and I have to fact check this before I just start, you know, telling everyone, but I'll still tell you. Um, someone told me that in Arabic there are 14 different words for love. And at first I thought it meant like, okay, there's a spoon, this word means spoon, but then there's another word that means spoon. And someone was like, no, it's not like that. So then I thought it meant, like, you love your brother in a different way that you love your friend, in a different way that you love your lover. And someone was like, kind of, but no, it's not really like that. So I was like, okay, what is it? And basically, there are different words for the different kinds of romantic love that you can feel that exist and so then it made me think about all the different types of romantic love that exists because I would never thought about it like that but like there is a different like a difference between what first love feels like and then how crazy second love is because you probably after first love feel like you'll never have love again and then you know when it ends with someone but you feel like you'll love them forever when someone does awful shit to you but you still love them and it doesn't make sense <laughs> you know or when you love someone you can't be with like it's all so different and like what are the words for all of those things and how we think about intimacy is so weird like who we can be intimate with and why we can't be intimate with our friends and why does it have to mean commitment and why can't it mean do you know what I mean like I don't know and I've been having that talk with so many people and thinking about it. So I don't know. I think I think all of the things that I want to do as far as like projects I want to work on have been so abstract because all of the the classes that I've taken since I've been here that have really like changed me and made me love film again have been like outside of film. Mm-hmm. Like they've been classes that are less about production and less about how to write something and more about like the morality in this and the ethics of this and the identity within this
there's so many people that were probably trans, but they didn't have the words for it, so they were probably all like identifying as like butch lesbians, and they were super, super masculine, and they felt like men, but they didn't have the words to say that they were men, right? you know? And I, when I came to school, I didn't know anything about like being non-binary, or that that was a thing, that you can exist on a gender spectrum at all, that there were other pronouns besides like she, her, he, him, anything like that. Um, I just knew I didn't really feel like a woman or feel like a man. And if anything, I felt more like a man than a woman. But then I was still confused. And then like, was I still a daughter then? Or was I still a sister? Like, right, or like, were you, you know, still gay? Right. right, was I still gay? And then, like, was I someone's girlfriend? I wasn't someone's boyfriend. Like, I couldn't have sex for a while. I'm the most hypersexual person I know. Mm-hmm. You know this. I couldn't have sex. I couldn't have sex because I would get paranoid that people would think because, like, we're hooking up and I have a vagina that they were hooking up with a girl. Like, if we hadn't had a discussion about it, but why would we have a discussion about my gender before we had sex? Like, it was a whole thing. I would get so in my head. And then I thought, okay, I have to, like, take the time to think about this and talk to people and look things up and, like, or just, like, be within myself. And and sometimes this is not, like, a fast process. And it's always changing. Like, I don't want to say this and have it sound like, you know... And then a couple months later, like, everything was fine, you know? Because right. I'm still sometimes, I'm like, what do I want to do? I go back and forth. I'm like, do I ever get top surgery? Which goes back to the nude thing. Sometimes I want to get top surgery because I want people to look at me, you know, and think, maybe, do you know what I mean? I yeah. want to be androgynous and skinny and have no boobs, so I want people to say, we don't know what that person is, you know? I want them to be confused. That's like a dream, to be like an alien, androgynous alien. But at the same time, when I'm naked, I love my boobs. I don't mind, like, being touched and, like, having, like, a more feminine figure. So it's like, do I do that so that people see me a certain way? Because that does mean a lot to me. But then when I'm with myself, I'm, like, someone that I am not 100% comfortable with. So it's like I'm always thinking. But in the fall, I just thought... I just thought Ray was always, it was just a nice, more neutral name I wanted to try out, and it's so close to my name, so many people already called me Ray, but it's so nice to have everyone call me that, and to not, I don't know, my name ends with an A, and it just felt, you know, like, what is femininity, what is masculinity, like, thinking about it that way is super binary, but for me personally, it felt like fem- too feminine and so it was just little changes like that that made me feel better and still makes me feel better like I, I've been called Raina my entire life and when someone calls me that it kind of makes me cringe you know I don't tell people at work because I would rather I don't tell people about my pronouns at work because I would rather have someone not know than have them know and constantly mess up but right. it still makes me cringe, you know? But it was still, like, it's still nice to have a lot of people in my life, you know? Yeah. Get it right. And right. Um, has there been a discussion that you that find, like, very memorable and very important to you that you've had with a friend of yours that is queer, that's in your community of your friends a discussion yeah or like anything that you can remember a memory that you were like wow like this is such a great community and I'm so glad that I'm friends with these people yeah I think I think the thing is I was about to like dig through dig through and try to find something like really deep but I think the thing that reminds me of how lucky I am Just when 
every normal conversations. Like I feel like because of what is it okay if I say we? We? Yeah. Oh, queer meaning? Yeah. Yeah, say okay. we. Okay. Cuz cuz I feel like because of the some of the some of the things that we have to go through even if it's not like because of other people but like internally mm-hmm. you know like questioning of your identity and yeah. like you know it always you always feel like there's so many more deep things that you have to be talking about and going through and acting on do you know what i mean like everything is a little more this like light now we're just dating you know, like, somehow, there's always something, and so maybe it's, like, pushback from you, like, your family or whatever, like, it's just an example, but, right. but I love the conversation where it's, like, a group of queer kids, and it's just so normal that you're queer, that you can just, like, talk about like going out and like meeting people and the person that you like were last with and it's like and how crazy people are and you know what I mean yeah it's like I think those conversations are always more like I came here from lunch with a friend and it was just like us talking about a girl that completely screwed her over and next to us was like an older queer couple just like laughing at us is my favorite painting um like laughing at us because we were just like loudly like that bitch like, i can't believe it like it was just like wild and us just i don't know being loud and gay like i just love like <laughs> like that's community to me not having it always have to be like a social action just having it be like this bitch fucked up yeah my feelings are hurt and i'm normal. Love it. Um, what do I have here? Uh, oh, um, I want to talk about your tattoos. Okay. So how many tattoos do you have? Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, one more time. One, two. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have nine. Jeez. And um, are there any that you regret getting? No. Okay. And what do they all represent for you? Um, okay. So, quick. The first one I got was my sister's name. Um, I got it on her birthday. What would have been her think 10th birthday because she passed away when she was four and I was 13 and she would have been 13 this year which is wild um and so I got that in my friend Susie's handwriting um and then I got on my leg I got a flower by this tattoo artist named Teeley who I just had always loved and you know when you just like follow someone for a really long time and then you get to meet them and it's kind of weird and it was great um that then I got a really silly tattoo that it sounds like I could possibly regret but I actually love it I was super sad about a girl um and she just like I just kind of was begging her to be satisfied with being like with just me and I was just so deep in my feelings about it and I went with my friend to get a tattoo of this like with this person um and I was just kind of like looking through their book like and I was like oh this tattoo is so cute and it's a tattoo of like a, a person in a suit with like a suit and tie with a bag over their head and like big eyes like kind of cut out um like holes in the bag and I was like oh how much is it and he was like it's a hundred you know like a lot of people really really love that one they usually go with that one and I was like oh why is it still here and he was like because they find him and they want him but then they find something else they like better and I got so emotional that I bought the tattoo and I was like that's me like they want me and then they find something better and it was just so sad um and I still love it I honestly still love it but it was just a silly it was a silly time I don't know 
cancers make you do wild things. Water science. <laughs> um, and then I got my friend Luke, who's just like the best, the best ever. He gave me three of my tattoos. One is the Beast of the Southern Wild tattoo. Um, the other is a tattoo that is based off of Frank Ocean lyric because he's my husband um, and the only man I love. And then I have a tarot card. It's the magician card. It's my favorite one. Um, and then I have a rose from a girl named Tessa, and she's incredible. And then I have, oh, I have in my friend Emily's handwriting the word paradise. Um, and it's kind of a long story, kind of an inside story having to do with um, both me recovering from my breakdown and being in a good place but mostly her being like five years cancer free and it was just kind of like this beautiful spur of the moment we just she wrote it and we left and we got it like left her house and immediately got the tattoo um and then I have for my birthday I got myself a little baby cherub angel recently by this person named Mira, who was just the most wonderful, like a double Pisces, the most incredible person. Just wonderful, yeah. You guys are great. Um, so yeah, that's what I have. Wow. Great. Um, this is like my last of the serious questions. Okay. And it's the question that I ask everyone. What was it like the first time you fell in love? Uh, what was it like? I think what I said before about about second love, I can't wrap my head around that because I can't wrap my head around going through that again because it was so like so unbelievably I don't know, you go, you go from, at least personally, like, never really being touched to, like, being so, like, physically, emotionally, romantically intimate, like, intellectually, like, intimate, and not really knowing that much, at least, like, I was, like, really young, so, like, not really knowing that much, so really, like, putting your entire self into it without like leaving room for yourself but I wonder if that ever changes you know I don't know it was good it was good when it was good mm-hmm. yeah okay um and now I'm gonna ask you my fun question okay okay um if you could have one album be the soundtrack to your life what would it be soundtrack to my life mm-hmm. thus far you can make it a part of your life I guess okay um Frank is always there when I need him blonde yeah okay um if you were to write a memoir right now what would it be called oh wow I'll think of something. Ask me the next question. Okay. Um, what's your favorite place to write in New York City? My favorite place to or, write. I mean, in New York. Anywhere in New York. New York. Where do I get things done? I can do anything in someone else's bed. I can't focus in my own home. I can't seriously write in, like, an opened space, oh but God. I can go to someone else's room and sit in their bed and get anything done. It's really weird. That is so specific. 
Um, okay, I love that. Um, what was your favorite film this year? The Florida Project. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. I thought you maybe were going to say Call Me By Your Name, though. But you no, loved Florida, Florida Project. Project. Um, whose birth chart that you've done has surprised you the most? Surprised me? Yeah, been like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> this is a good question. I think my friend Zoe, maybe it's not surprising, like, in terms of it doesn't match her personality, but she's all air, and it's just, it's just Aquarius and Gemini. She's like an Aquarius, Gemini, Gemini, Aquarius, Aquarius, Gemini. Like, it's just, it's bizarre. And besides that, I have a triple Scorpio friend. And that's very rare, right? Yeah, that's really rare. I think most rare, I think, is supposed to be Pisces. Like, if I ever met a triple Pisces, that's wild. That's almost me. Yeah. Yeah, you're <laughs> close. You're a rare one. Um, but there's not ever been someone that you're like, like, has there ever been, like, a frustrating time because you've been like, oh, damn, I thought like you, you were this. you don't match and you're like, trying to. Yeah. Like, do you really think this method always checks out? I've really never been that, like... Been wronged. Yeah. Hmm. It's weird. Yeah. yeah, I stand by it. Wow. Yeah, I will. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, okay, what are you going to name your memoir? Um, maybe, like, this is how you spell my name. Oh. I love that. Thank you. Wow. Well, that's all my questions. Cool. Do you have anything else to say? Mm. I think I, I know. I don't think I do. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Ray. Yay. That was fun. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another interview of the Scout Archives Live. It's such a joy to interview my favorite people and groundbreaking artists. It's really awesome. And I have to thank Ray for giving such a candid and open interview. I think you can kind of tell that the interview was so alive because of the location that was picked, and that was all Ray. It had nothing to do with me. So I'm really grateful to Ray that they were able to share some thoughts with us and share their time with us. Our photo shoot was really cool. You should definitely check that out. And you should check out their other work. They're a really, really awesome artist in more ways than just film. So definitely stay tuned for another episode. And in the meantime, follow Ray on social media at The Hills Have Thighs. Um, it's going to be on the website. So in case you have any spelling issues. But yeah, thank you so much. And I'll see you guys soon. Bye.